Welcome to Pilates Simple, your Pilates community that empowers your movement, maximizes your results, and gives you the tools you need to understand your body simply. I am your host, Kira Obst. Let's demystify your body and movement together. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back. I am Kira Obst, your host and owner of Iron Nine Pilates. Welcome to Pilates Simple. I just got back last night, less than 12 hours ago, actually, from a lovely vacation in Florida, and it has been years since I've taken a full, unadulterated vacation with absolutely no work, and it felt absolutely, 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 absolutely rejuvenating and refreshing, and I guess that's like what the... I get in in quotes. The problem is when it comes to doing what you love. You know, um, you know that old adage: if you do what you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. Well, that's true, and that's me uh, to some extent. But if you are like me, then you know that you'll just bring it too far, and you'll work every single day. I I can actually name every single vacation that I've been on in the past seven years, every single vacation in the past seven years, and vacation even includes like going back to visit my parents in New York or, I don't know, different conferences or any time that I've gone away, whether it's been for leisure, whether it's been for family, whether it has been for business, obviously that is working, but I could tell you that I, the work that I've done on each of those getaways, I have never just like shut it down. I never wanted to. I never thought there was the need to. I never had the desire to. Like I have always considered myself incredibly privileged um, and blessed or lucky or whatever you want to say that I am able to work from whenever, from wherever, whenever. And so, and I always thought like, why not? I absolutely love what I do. But (laughs) it's no wonder that this past fall, I remember I was sitting at my kitchen table. I was on a, a Zoom call with my business coach at the time. I had my head in my hands and I was weeping (laughs) like totally I mean I'm laughing it was not funny because it was I was in complete meltdown breakdown mode like (gasps) should I should I I don't know what I'm doing anymore like should I just I just want to bake sourdough bread and not think about anything else this is literally what I was telling my business coach like should I start a sourdough bread making business a food truck like she I must have stunned the pants off of her like I was literally coping with burnout by making copious amounts of sourdough for my family and I loved it it was very therapeutic very cathartic for me (laughs) but like it was in those in that moment that I realized that that was what burnout was People have told me about burnout before, and I was like, aw, you delicate little thing, until I experienced it. I was like, oh my gosh, you can even burn out from things that you love, no matter how much you love them. 
Like, I love Pilates with my freaking heart and soul. And I, it doesn't mean that I didn't burn out of it, you know? And it was in that moment that I decided, like, oh my gosh, this is why people take vacations where they don't work. I truly never understood it until I got into the position that I needed to take vacation. <laughs> anyway, that's not why we're on here to discuss burnout today, but... I actually have a friend who specializes in burnout and it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. Like she's actually even done, um, Jackie, if you're listening to this, hi, she's actually done like her own studies. She's looked into herself and her own like burnout and how it's affected like all systems in her body, not just a feeling like she's collected data. It's so fascinating. Anyway. Um, we're on here to help you to determine today which Pilates apparatus or which Pilates, uh, discipline, like which, um, what am I trying to say? Which Pilates is best for you, right? Like there's all different sorts of apparatuses that we can use, different sorts of props there. We could even go so far as to say like, bar class could be Pilates. You know what I mean? Like there are bar Pilates classes and a bar class to me is a a standing Pilates class to the beat of a music. Now, do I consider bar Pilates? I do not, but you know, some, some places, some studios, some gyms or whatever do consider bar and Pilates as a similar discipline or within the same category, I suppose. So but what what I'm going to be talking about mostly today is kind of like when we think of Pilates, we think of mat Pilates, we think of reformer Pilates, we think of motor Pilates, um, the trapeze table or the Cadillac, you know, the chair, the ladder barrel, all these mid to big sized props or no props at all, um, like strictly with mat Pilates. So, okay, so let's let's start at the very beginning and let me just give you this really general kind of obnoxious trend that I see in Pilates. Okay, just bear with me because I'm being a little facetious. This is a little tongue-in-cheek, but maybe you'll be like, oh yeah, no, you're kind of spot on. So general public thinks of Pilates, if they even know what Pilates is. Oh, is it yoga? No, it's not yoga. But anyway, I digress by even just saying that. Um, General public, when they think of Pilates, is mat work is for peasants. (laughs) Oh, I crack myself up. Uh, Reformer work is like, quote unquote, the Pilates workout. Um, Chair work is for rehab. The ladder barrel work is for dancers as a supplement to their dancing profession. The trapeze table is for bougie people and the motor is not Pilates. Am I right? Like, come on. Am I right? I'm totally right. (laughs) That's what general public thinks of when they think of Pilates. Um, And general public, maybe it's not even general public. Maybe this is all within the Pilates community. Like if you were to go and search hashtags on Instagram for each sort of Pilates, hashtag Matt Pilates, you would probably see that, you know, it's... It doesn't look very fancy because it's just the person in the mat. If you hashtag motor Pilates, oh, that's not even Pilates. What is that thing? Why, why, why are there strings attached to a foam roller? 
right? If you hashtag reformer Pilates, oh, that's Pilates. That's the Pilates workout. Hashtag chair Pilates. Oh, that kind of looks boring. Looks like it's for rehab. Hashtag ladder barrel work. Or I'm sorry, ladder barrel Pilates. Oh, it's a dancer with her leg up on the barrel and she's like bent over the ladder, right? Yeah. Hashtag trapeze. Oh, that's bougie. That's totally bougie, right? Come on. I'm, I'm totally right with this. So, um, like I said, being tongue in cheek, you know, that's obnoxiously facetious. Um, but I do notice a hierarchy and judgment about the disciplines of Pilates, where the instructors have obtained their Pilates trainings and certificates from, and, you know, which sort of Pilates and trainings are the quote-unquote best. (sighs) Isn't it funny? It's just like politics or religion or anything else. Like, it's never good enough that it's just a category, right? The category always needs to have categories to quantify to people and to qualify to people. And it drives me crazy. It really does. Like the quantifying and the qualifying and the categorizing of anything, it just drives me crazy. Like, why can't we all just be, be happy? I'm in these Pilates Facebook groups for instructors. I rarely, rarely, rarely ever like put my input in if somebody asks a question because it is just so funny like the snobbiest people come out of the woodwork I mean just the other day I saw this whole discussion of Pilates instructors that were laughing at a certain Pilates franchise that offers TRX trainings so suspension trainings in their classes and calls it Pilates. And they, oh, they, they couldn't believe, believe it. And they were being so rude and obnoxious about it. And to me, I think the TRX suspension system, even though I don't use that when I'm training people in Pilates, I think it's a great and affordable way to be able to have Pilates accessible to you from something that you can do at home. And the TRX is a great way to do that. So I don't get what this snobby whole thing is. I mean, it's the same thing with my sourdough, how I was telling you at the beginning about me weeping at the kitchen table and finding therapy and life in making sourdough. Um, I joined sourdough Facebook groups and there are the purists and then there are the people who just follow their heart. And everybody's got something to say about the other person. Like, it just drives me crazy. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Who cares if you stir your sourdough with a wooden spoon or a metal spoon or a plastic spoon? Well, guess what? People actually do care. I don't really at all. But anyway, I'm... Let's get back. Let's get back here on track. So, um, there is no prescription for the best Pilates. All right, let's just like put it right out there. First things first, Pilates is Pilates. And you've heard me say that before. And I think that you should embrace that. And I really do think that everybody should, if you're able to, and if it's accessible to you, and if, you know, it's available to you, everybody should try every sort of Pilates because it's a totally new experience every single time. If you were to take 
let's say one Pilates movement, let's say the mermaid. And you did the mermaid on the mat. That would be one experience. And then you went and did the mermaid on the reformer. That would be a whole new experience. And then do mermaid on the box on the reformer. Completely new experience. Mermaid on the chair. New experience. Mermaid on the motor. New experience. Mermaid on the trap. New experience. Like, you should try all sorts of plotties if you're able to. And let go of any, you know idea of what it should be or it could be or whatever and just let it be (sighs) so anyway there are certain things to consider (laughs) when you're trying to decide where to start if you've not already started your Pilates journey so I'll give you the top five things to be considered and then we'll go through them so first thing what are your goals Like with Pilates, like what are your goals? Second thing, what are your restrictions and limitations? We all have them. Maybe you don't even know that you have them and that's fine. But if you do know that you have some, then it's going to matter what sort of Pilates you, you choose or at least embark out on, you know, embark out on. That doesn't make sense. Embark on, (laughs) Um, which, which segment of the Pilates journey you're going to embark on. Maybe that makes more sense. Um, number three, what is your learning style? We'll dig a little bit deeper into that. Number four, what is your budget? That is a legitimate consideration when you want to start Pilates and Pilates can fit any budget. Trust me. And then lastly, most importantly, probably what do you like? Like what sort of Pilates do you like? And if you don't know because you've never tried it, then, and, you know, budgeting is not as much of a concern or there's a lot of Pilates accessible to you or whatever, then try all of them. But anyway, we'll get deeper into that. But let's start with like, what are your goals? So a big problem that I see is that people will start out on their Pilates journey or just general fitness journey without specific goals. Now, of course, they're going to benefit from establishing a routine in Pilates or in general fitness. Of course, we know that. Like, we know the benefits that your mental health, you know, has from fitness and your physical health, of course, and your nervous system and your spiritual well-being. Like, all of these things are impacted from fitness. So, of course, there's going to be a benefit Um, but if they don't have the reason as to why they started, it may be much more challenging to keep going. So the benefits will only get them as far as their routine sticks. And if the routine doesn't have a specific driving force behind it, then it won't stick for very long. So here's some common things that I've heard, you know, like, oh, my friend told me I should try Pilates because she loves it awesome. Thanks for the referral. But what are you trying to achieve? Like, why is she even suggesting that you should try Pilates, right? Like, or what was the discussion like that she suggested Pilates to you in the first place? Was it that, you know, you needed to start working out, you wanted to lose weight, you wanted to fit into your wedding dress? Like, what was that 
that she even recommended to you? Or is it just because she simply loves it? And is that a good enough reason for you to try it? I'm not so sure, right? Something else that I've heard. Um, like, I, I want to just generally move more. People say that all the time. Like, what is your goal? Oh, I want to move more. Okay, well, you could just go for walks and probably save more money just by doing that. So like, why do you want to move more? What is your expectation that Pilates is going to help you to achieve movement more? Like, is it because you like the, you've heard great things about the instructor that she's very motivating and she's got a really sweet disposition that makes it very easy for you to keep showing up. And so it's an accountability and a consistency thing. Is that what it is? Or... Is it like what part of moving more makes Pilates appealing to you, right? Um, let's see, what else? Oh, okay. <laughs> this actually, I've gotten this compliment, which is funny, recently, um, a handful of times. I want legs like yours. Well, thank you. I so appreciate that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but why do you want my legs? Oh, God, I don't, I don't know. My legs are my legs. Oh, and by the way, like if it's the mass of my legs, because like I've got a lot of muscle mass and a lot of mass in my legs, um, you know, you can certainly like sculpt or tone or lift or whatever your legs but if it's like something like you want like tons of muscle mass, like Pilates might not be the thing for that, right? Like, and so just kind of understanding yourself or your client a little bit better when they're kind of giving their general goals, try to narrow it down even farther and far, further and further so that it can be as clear as possible and your expectations can be set correctly with outcomes. Like if you want to have a ton of muscle mass and low body fat percentage, like putting on tons and tons of muscle mass, like if you want to be like a bodybuilder, Pilates is not going to get you there. Right. And I know that's obviously an extreme example, but I think hopefully it's highlighting the importance of what I'm saying, like the specificity of your goals matters when you are embarking on any sort of new journey. So again, if you want to be a bodybuilder, then Pilates would have its benefits for mobility and flexibility, but it's not going to be the thing that helps you to put on like tons of muscle mass, right? And people probably know that because people think of like Pilates as kind of creating this long lean look or whatever. But it's just important to really kind of narrow in on the purpose of starting on your journey. So, you know, like, is it is it strength building? Do you want to get stronger? And for what purpose do you want to get stronger? And there's not a right or wrong in that. Like, it's not wrong to say, I want to get stronger because I look smoking hot when I am strong. Like, that's not wrong to say. That might be somebody's saying that, you know, like, oh, I want to get stronger and decrease my body fat percentage because I'm going on a vacation in 12 weeks. That's not a wrong answer. That is actually a really good answer. I mean, I think it could, it, it could use a little more specificity. Like, oh, what does you want to get stronger? So does that mean that you want your 
do you want your abs to be showing? Do you, I don't know. We could get more specific, but it's a, it's a better start than just being like, oh, I want to move more. Um, uh, I was going to say something else, but that's already gone from me. Okay. Is it a weight loss goal? Is it a flexibility goal? You know, is it a certain body composition that you want to achieve? Just like I already said, a lot of people think of Pilates as creating this long, lean look. And is that what you care about? Is it a mobility thing? Um, is it more of a rehab approach? Like, oh, you know, I, I, I've had tons and tons of clients that have said, my insurance has run out for all my physical therapy sessions. So I thought Pilates is my next best option. Or my doctor said Pilates is the next best option to continuing the rehab, but like in a different space than physical therapy. Um, that's not bad. Or, and if it's just generally moving more and getting more exercise into your day, um, then we got to play around and see what you like best. So next thing to consider is what are your restrictions and or limitations? Like, do you have certain aches and pains? Have you had surgeries? Do you have known weaknesses and imbalances? Here's an example. And maybe you don't, but or maybe you don't know of them. Everybody does, really. But okay, here's an example. When one of my clients was first referred to me, he booked a session with me. And this is at the, the local gym that I work at, uh, work at. And so I had no history on him, like no background, but one conversation left led to the next and somebody else in the gym who worked there referred him over to me to help him for whatever reason I did not know. So he comes into the door the afternoon of his first session at the local gym and as he walks, you know, to and through the door, I noticed that he was walking on his toes. Um, one of his shoulders was you know, more tense, like he was clearly holding tension in his shoulders and one of his shoulders was hiked and there was like a sway in his gait and he was super tall. (laughs) He is super tall. He still is. (laughs) Um, So we get to talking and he lets me know what his goals are and offers me information about his restrictions. So he was walking into a reformer session. That's all he knew he had never been on a reformer before i had none of what he shared with me so we have the typical length reformers uh which you know has its own limitations the reformer itself does it's not for super tall people so he's six foot four first of all he has two knee replacements a tight and weak pelvic floor and is at least 10 years into a Parkinson's diagnosis or diagnosis, I should say. And due to the Parkinson's, his spine is very stiff, which restricts his shoulders. And like I said, with his height, he's too long for the typical work to do on the reformer because his tailbone hangs off the end of the carriage. So like when, when, for me, it's pretty easy for me to kind of like sort through all of that information at once. If you're a participant of Pilates and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so much or it sounds overwhelming or whatever, I'll just kind of walk you through it. 
because of his knee replacements and his knee restrictions, it'd be challenging for him to get too low on a deep reformer or on the floor for a mat Pilates. And his shoulders limit the range of motion to work around his mobility through his spine, especially on the reformer when it's spring-loaded. So when we started out, we had a great success on the chair. Um, And as he made his strides and has progressed quickly, we've been able to incorporate more floor and more reformer. Um, And my plan is is to be to continue to incorporate more. So the motor arm for um, range of motion and mobility through his shoulders and for balance and um, the arc or the ladder barrel for eventually to be able to get even more mobility through spine in extension, in supported extension, etc. So obviously this is an extreme example, but it is important to consider and discuss with your instructor your limitations to have the most success so that your workout can be tailored to you. So the next consideration is what is your learning style when it's when you're trying to determine like which Pilates is best for you. This is a little more broad, but hear me out. So there are a few different learning styles um, that a good instructor is going to be very aware of these learning styles, especially in a a group setting, but in any setting, really. I can't even say especially in a group setting. I kind of take that back. Um, But learning styles really matter. And I think a very talented instructor is going to be able to touch on as many learning styles at once um, in any given session to be able to touch on everybody's learning style. Um, So it's curious to know, to figure out like what is yours. Um, so there's an auditory learning uh, learner or, or like a verbal learner. So those are the people that hear and can process information very well through what you're saying. So when I'm thinking about an auditory learner, I tell people in my reformer classes that have at least six, if not more people in them, like I'm always so impressed with how many people are auditory learners who come into reformer? Because generally in reformer classes, it's really predominantly the instructor telling you what to do with her words or his words. And so you have to process that information and then act upon that information. Not only that, but you're also generally facing a direction in space that your brain is not generally accustomed to processing information through. So a lot of times when we're talking to somebody, we're sitting upright, we're looking straight ahead or to the side of us. But if you think of like typical reformer work when you're lying on your back, so you're facing the ceiling and you're processing information while your brain is in a whole different direction in space, I'm always my hair is always blown back by how many people can process information so well in a reformer class simply by auditory learning. Um, so there's the auditory learner. There's also the tactile or the kinesthetic learner. So that's like your hands-on learner. I am a very hands-on learner. Like I learn by doing things. I also learn by people by by people's touch. So if I'm in a Pilates class and an instructor says something about my mid back and I'm really kind of having a hard time um, feeling like my mid back work or whatever while I'm moving and the instructor comes around, I, you know, I'm feeling it in my shoulders, not my mid back. And the instructor comes around and puts his or her hand on my mid back where I'm supposed to be feeling that work. Like I can nearly immediately connect to that place 
because of their touch. But also, I learn by practicing. I learn by experience. I learn by touching. Like, that's the sort of learner I am, and that's a kinesthetic or tactile learner. Then there's the visual learner. So a visual learner is somebody who needs to watch um, like a demonstration happen and then is able to do that. So I can like pluck out out of a reformer class setting in three seconds flat all the visual learners in the room because they're just like a couple beats behind the auditory learners and they really do need me to be able to like jump on the reformer and show them for the uh, class kind of to keep tempo. And that's completely fine. I never, ever, ever mind doing that. Um, but, you know, visual learners, a lot of times, Matt Pilates um, is where visual learners can go to have these constant demonstrations or online Pilates. Like I offer, you know, Zoom Pilates um, every morning. And so I'm doing the class with the class. I'm not just telling the class what to do. I am there to be able to, again, touch on as many different learning styles as possible. So I am showing, I'm talking through the movements, you know, we'll use props for feedback for people to get that um, feedback. I just said feedback, but the, the tactile learners, the kinesthetic learners can have something when my touch is unavailable to them to learn. Then there's the um, logical learner. I think this is fascinating. And it's not really talked about. Like logical learners are not as much talked about in the fitness setting just because, well, actually, I don't really know why. But I think it really does apply to especially Pilates. The logical learner like involves a logical reasoning to process the data and solving problems. So the logical learner looks for patterns to create connection. And I think that that is something to be considered in Pilates because there's the classical approach to Pilates and then there's a more contemporary approach to Pilates. And I think that probably the logical learner would be best suited to start out in a classical setting and then eventually progress into a contemporary setting. So they're able to logically move through the movements, you know, um, there's a flow, there's a total body workout, there are prescriptions in classical Pilates. And then once they get that down pat, then they're able to start making, taking those, that foundation and applying them to contemporary Pilates. Um, I think it's a fascinating thing to consider. Um, but then there's also the interpersonal learner and the intrapersonal learner. So the interpersonal learner is somebody who learns well in groups. So think of group classes, like people, gen, a lot of people, I think probably interpersonal learners are more, there are more interpersonal learners than intrapersonal learners. Um, because you think of like group classes at the gym, people love them because they love the accountability. They love the community. They love making friends. They get to see what other people are doing and take in a lot of different moving parts in a class setting to be able to absorb and process information than the intrapersonal learner is who is somebody who is a learner who, like by themselves. Um, so you think of an intrapersonal learner are the, peoples who, the people who prefer one-on-ones you know, the personal training 
people. They are just, they have more space to be able to ask questions and to sort through things on their own. So I would probably guess that intrapersonal learners are also more, you know, kinesthetic learners and hands-on learners. Um, so yeah, so those are, those are the different sorts of learners. I think I touched on all of them. Um, and like I already said, like you want to also consider when you're considering the learning style that you are, um, that you're having to think and process information in a new direction in space when we're taking Pilates. If there are mirrors in the studio or the room that you're working in, like that does something else to your brain and that takes, that puts a whole new learning curve, um, you know, into your practice, which is not a bad thing, but it's also something that we want to be aware of not relying on. We don't want to rely on mirrors for feedback when we have so many other things that we can rely on for feedback. Um, But also learning in 2D. So our brains are used to, you know, having all learning in 3D. In 2D, like on a flat screen or a mirror, that's a whole different way that we have to learn information. That is something to be considered. The third consideration to figuring out what Pilates is best for you um, is your budget. So there is Pilates for any budget, any budget. Low-cost Pilates, if you're looking for low-cost Pilates and you've got a pretty tight budget or no budget for Pilates, find Matt Pilates on YouTube. Like, or, it's, or if you have a gym membership and your gym has group exercise classes, a lot of times you'll find that Matt Pilates is included in gym memberships. I know a lot of companies will give their employees you know, a complimentary gym membership or, or whatever. Or maybe they even have an in-house gym there and group classes there. Like just because it's no cost to you or low cost to you does not mean it's bad, does not mean it's low quality. You can find great Pilates on YouTube. Um, so that's something to be considered. And, you know, the Pilates on YouTube and the Matt Pilates classes, those are all going to be Matt Pilates. That's going to be your cheapest Pilates. Do I agree with it? No, I don't. <laughs> because I think that Matt Pilates is just an amazing, an amazing category of Pilates that is worth what people pay for the big apparatuses. In fact, like you probably heard me say before, I've started, I started out my Pilates journey. I started out in Matt Pilates for all the said reasons. It was a budgeting thing. It was, I just kind of so happened to be at the right time, you know, at the right place in the right gym where the only group class that was offered was a Matt Pilates class. And it was the only hour that I had for the day that, you know, I did not have my children with me that I was able to take the class. And that's what made me fall in love with Pilates in the first place was Matt Pilates. Um, You know, (laughs) I am unashamed and unabashed (laughs) to say that Matt Pilates is my absolute favorite Pilates, (laughs) even though I rarely, I teach Matt Pilates on Zoom five times a week, 30 minute classes, which is amazing. And then two other times a week do I teach Matt Pilates. Um, that is my favorite. And I teach all other disciplines of Pilates far more than Matt Pilates. But generally, group X, you know, when we're talking about group exercise, 
Matt Pilates is either the lowest cost or the freest. <laughs> um, and online, Matt Pilates is usually a little bit more, obviously, because it doesn't come with a gym membership, generally speaking. Um, but, you know, like online is kind of the next tier in terms of cost of Pilates, but you would have to have your space, obviously, but then if there are props incorporated, then you'd have to purchase those on your own too. So think like a ball or a weighted ball or a Pilates ring, small hand weights, a motor, um, uh, like a spine fitter, just depending on the instructor or whatever, you'd have to know like what else is included to have this low cost. Like what is the upfront investment, um, for online Pilates? Um, and then like group classes for mid-sized props is a little bit more and then group size classes for the large props are even more. And then one-on-ones are generally the most, the, the highest cost. So just kind of having that in mind to consider when you're starting Pilates is it can fit any budget. Um, in fact, in fact, if you want, you can go to my website, iron, the number nine, iron9pilates.com. Um, and under the free tab, I actually have a PDF that I created for you for free on how to build your own home studio affordably. Um, and it's good. It's like an in-depth PDF, like very in-depth and it goes all the way down from how you can start building your studio from just a mat all the way back up to having the biggest equipment, if that's what you want in your home, but being able to do so affordably. Um, okay. And then lastly, like, what do you like? Like, that's what we have to really start leaning into a little bit more. Like what sort of Pilates do you like? Like I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, like the best exercise that you can do is the one that you actually enjoy because you'll actually do it then. And that's the kicker. Who knew? Now, if you were going to make me make a very, very, very broadly generalized statement, what I personally think would be the best apparatus linked with a certain outcome. Again, this is very, very general. I don't even like to do this, but I will. (laughs) I would say that Matt Pilates amazing for strength building and fat burning. Motor Pilates, amazing for strength building, agility, cardio, fat burning, and balance. Reformer Pilates, amazing for flexibility and mobility and strength building. Chair, strictly strength. Love the chair for strength. Ladder burial, mobility all the way. The trapeze, rehab and mobility all the way. But here's the other thing, like the instructors matter and making sure that you have clarity on your goals and that your clear goals are understood and heard or heard and understood is probably a better order by your instructor is important. But you might find that you have an instructor that has never asked you about your goals has a very certain style, whether that's kind of like she's kind of all about stretching or end range 
stretching, which is not my favorite thing in the whole world at all. Or maybe you have an instructor that is always trying to keep the class's heart rate elevated. Or maybe you have an instructor that is always fixated on, you know, building arm strength and glute strength or something like that. You know, like there are instructors, instructors are people too, and they have their own preferences. But if you have an instructor that has never asked you what your goals are, um, or kind of has a style that is predominantly what he or she uses in every single session, then you have to find out if that aligns with your goals. Um, if that's cool with you and you love it, like, oh my gosh, I wanted to go to Pilates because I wanted to get more flexible and I am the most flexible I've ever been because, you know, so-and-so is the instructor and that's all she focuses on. If that's in alignment, her, her approach and her style and your goals, then great, keep going with it. But if you're like, gosh, all I wanted was to, you know, get abs and make sure that my shoulder feels better and all we're doing is stretching it might not be pilates it might just be the instructor or the lack of clarity on your end or the lack of being heard from the instructor on his or her end you know so just making sure that like you have as much clarity going into a session and making sure that you align with your instructor as much as possible is going to give you the best outcome. You know, your expectations will be met when you can be in as much alignment as possible. But I'll tell you, like, when I've had clients who have not had clarity, um, even, you know, because I always ask people, what are your goals? Every single time, like, what are your goals? And when they are unsure of their goals, it makes me feel like, and even when I've like really tried to like pull out their goals from them, it makes me feel like every single session is a moving target with them because sometimes they'll come in and they're going to be like, Oh, like I just have like a crick in my neck and, you know, and I just need to work that out. But the last session they were telling me that they really wanted to have better core strength because whatever, but then all of a sudden they wanted like take the entire session to stretch out their neck it, it is very very disconcerting to me um you know because I want to make sure that people's goals are being met and if they don't have clarity then I don't either and I can only work off of what people are telling me that they need and it's okay I'm like ready at any given moment to meet their needs in any given session but again, like a general idea of the general direction that we're headed in is going to be best for all. So it's like going on vacation. I just drove from Texas to Florida and then from Florida to Texas, right? Like it's a straight shot both ways. And I would not have known that if I did not have my destination. I knew exactly the resort that we were going to in Florida. And so I plugged that into the map. But if I just was like, oh, if I hit Florida, that would be great, then chances that I would have gotten to Florida in the amount of time that I wanted to get there uh, would have been low, you know? And it's the same thing with your health journey and your fitness journey and your Pilates journey. Like if you, the more clear you are on goals, the quicker and more streamlined you can get to those goals, to reach those goals. So like I have one more example. I've got this one client who is a triathlete 
that doesn't mean that I have to like give her sessions like, oh, this is going to make you a better swimmer and this is going to make you a better biker and this is going to make you a better runner. No, like for me, she says, I do Pilates because I want to support my triathlons, which means that we need to make sure that her core strength is rock solid, that we take care of her hips, that we, you know, take care of her spine mobility so that she can have strong and stable shoulders. We make sure that, you know, we can enhance her endurance. Those are the things that I are very clear to me when somebody else comes in with that much clarity. This is why I'm doing this. Very easy. She's super satisfied. I'm very excited for her. I know how much that's going to support her journey. So that is what Pilates is best for you. (laughs) A lot to consider. Highly recommend if you feel like, okay, I understand, but I don't know my own limitations. I don't know my budget. I don't know what all those pieces of equipment she's talking about are. Then just reach out to me. I am available on Instagram. You can email me, like talk to me, ask me questions, and I can certainly help tailor your journey in Pilates to help you guide you better because I think it's worth the effort to know exactly where you want to be to get going towards that goal. I will talk to you next time. Until then, have a great day. Leave me some stars and see you next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for tuning in. To get more information, you can find me at iron9pilates.com or on Instagram, searchable iron9pilates. Please leave a kind review and lots of stars. Have a good day.